Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one with LeVar and Mary for this Friday night. We are now in the month of February. Not February. February. <laughs> 2024. Uh, it's Aquarius season. For all you uh, fellow Aquarii or Aquarius out there. And yeah. Actually, the weather is milder, and today in the states here, it is Groundhog Day, and Punxsutawney Phil, who is the unofficial groundhog, did not see his shadow, so spring will arrive early. So with that, how about that? We'll see how, how about that? Correct- we'll see how correct he is. I am uh, joined by, as always... My wonderful friend, Barry, how are you? I am well. Uh, feeling a little under the weather, but okay. Does that make sense? Like, it's just, there's, yeah. And I think it's just a going around. Yeah, it's been a few things going around. So I think it's uh, the whole thing of this winter and, you know, the milder weather um, which is accounting for it seems I don't know winter it's like it's it's so much stuff that's going on one a couple of the things you'll get like some type of sickness and one of the things I think that I've noticed this year that a lot more people complain about is dry skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, I I'm always dry though. I'm so glad that that was the case. <laughs> um, I can say the word that most people get mad at for that one. At least I'm not moist. <laughs> <sighs> can't, I can't, I, I'm well, that could mean a few other different like. things. That could be a few other different things when this show could change in a different direction. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why people hate that word. I don't either. I don't. I don't know why it doesn't bother me any. Obviously, <laughs> I think it's a fun word. Um, me too. Least. You know, before we kind of get into the full show, can I? And this is off script, because uh, this is kind of going to be one of those nights. This is the great thing about a podcast. Can I? <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. I, maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I uh, maybe I've spent a little bit too much time online, but can I say that it seems like the internet is like repeating itself, and it's not in a good way for entertainment because I've seen things in the last few days that have pretty much kind of like irked me to no end. Um, 
and like I said, this isn't a part of the show. I'm sorry, this isn't even a part of the host chat. It just came to my mind as I was thinking about it. Because there's people who are like clicking for likes. And in a sea of the internet, you kind of have to float through like the bullcrap as well. And there was two young men on a video. I'm guessing it was a TikTok video or it was like a short form video. But like their whole thing was that they went okay, so here in the US, and I'm not sure in other parts of the world, we have stores that are either quote called ninety nine cent stores or dollar trees. Those stores specifically sell the bulk of things have changed in recent years. They sell the bulk of things at a set price, which is ninety nine cents or well now in the case of Dollar Tree a dollar twenty five because of the tax. So the video, and I think this is where this irked me to no end, was that two young men, they had to have been probably like either teenagers or early 20s, went into Dollar Tree. And they were like, yeah, we're recording because we're looking for things that cost more than a dollar twenty-five. And I'm like, okay. Of course, Dollar Tree is going to have some things that are worth more than a dollar twenty-five, and they went in and they're like recording, and they got kicked out of a Dollar Tree, and they went to another one, making it look like that they were actually doing something, like something that none of us has never seen before. <laughs> and they finally get to like this section of stuff. And they were like, "Yeah, we found some things that are actually worth more than a dollar at Dollar Tree," and that was the video. And I'm sitting there <laughs> feeling like I lost like 20 seconds of my life that I'm not going to get back for something stupid. Or people who decide to do, quote, life hacks, that's something that 99.9% of everybody knows. Not anymore. It, Surprisingly, not anymore. No, no this one particular hack, this was kind of stupid. It was the it was a hack where um, it was it was something so simple. It, it was something like, hey, if I put uh, like fries in my burger, it tastes like you know this. It was like something that simple. Like I, I get like the hacks where you're just like, oh yeah, a lot of people might not know that, but it was something like so like simple that was like a normal part of everyday life that it really wasn't a hack. More so, because I love to read the comments sometimes, and somebody was like, that's not a hack. That's already stuff that people know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's kind of like, are we that bad now as to where just for likes and just for clicks, we just ran out of, like, original ideas, and we're just, like, coming up with, like, hey, did you know that if you put a key in a lock, it's going to lock it? Like it's that type of that type of video, and I'm just like, no. And I think I've become this week a little bit disenchanted with like social media a little bit. I mean, if it's that simple, I'm gonna start doing stuff on TikTok that's just like stupid stuff, and just roll off of it and then see how many clicks it gets. <laughs> Am I the only one? Surely really... I can't be the only one. <clears throat> I I think. Where I am, um, I think you're right in a way, but then 
that's one of the biggest complaints that I've had ever, which is people are doing things just for the likes. They don't, they don't create substance, I guess, is where I'm going with it. It's not necessarily that, you know, and I watch gamers play games on YouTube and such. So it's not like I'm sitting here going, you know, you have to be highbrow. This is not highbrow. I laugh at fart jokes, so it does not have to be highbrow. But, you know, don't just do it for the likes. Do it because you enjoy doing whatever it is. You, that's Those are the people I end up watching more often than not and in a more consistent manner because they it's obvious they're not doing it for likes. They're doing it because they like it. They're doing it because it's fun or whatever the case may be. And then they're funny. But there's no originality because people are copying off of each other, and there's like five, five like people all doing the same thing. Like there's this young lady, and I ran across the video. She goes up to people, you know, it's very annoying. She she reminds me of the girl in the bar that had like way too much to drink, and at that point she's just being provocative, just to be provocative. But she's not. She's not drunk. She's actually like sober. And she'll go up to people and she'll be like, kiss or slap. And the people are like, what? And she's like, kiss or slap. And you can either give her a kiss on the cheek or she'll turn around and you can slap her on the behind. That's the whole video. And, <laughs> and she, the other day, I saw another young lady do the same thing. And there was like two or three other videos that popped up. All of them were doing the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, is this like a network of people who go out and say this? But I was like, surely it's not because it was just one person. Or the one, um, the only one that I know, I think the lady's name is Addison, where she'll kind of like act out a skit on how to get like something cheaper or to save money. And like, it'll be like her talking to herself, but the other self is like the opposite person. And then I see right. like five other videos of people who do the same thing. Like, no one is original. And I was like, you don't even know who the original was and who was the, you know, uh, imitator. It's like there's no originality whatsoever, which is why I guess I'm thankful for this show and what we do because I'm not sure if there's a lot of people that do what we do. <laughs> so. uh, who knows anymore? It pays to be different. I don't know. I don't know. I need Elbow to ask me if I'm okay again. Are you okay? <laughs> Did you see that this week? No. Oh. You know I don't say stuff like that. I guess online. Uh, Elmo. Well, Elmo's been to the news a little bit lately this week. Uh, I guess the other day, Elmo uh, sent out a tweet asking if people were okay because there's so much stuff that's going on and so much just like turmoil. Uh, Elmo just wanted to know if we were all fine. And oh. people like poured out their souls, like literally to, uh, you know, and I guess after a while it got so many hits. Um, and yeah, he went viral with this tweet. Literally just asking if people were okay. And I guess they said it attracted a major, pretty much trauma trauma dump from social media users and people who just wanted to, like, vent. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, he took the X to see how everyone was handling 2024 so far. And the responses attracted by the seemingly innocent tweet were pretty much not so innocent. The various responses range from disappointment with the latest football results and the economic crisis to a sharing of brand endorsements and even uh, marital uh, problems. Uh, the wellness check type tweet turned into a therapy session as thousands of social media users trauma dumped on most page. Uh, while some users seem to be doing well, the vast majority appear to be reaching their limit, at least according to their posts. Um, and the viral moment even attracted the attention of big brands and celebrities hoping to promote a new deal or product. Dr. Phil took the opportunity to give his book, We've Got Issues, a shout-out in light of the responses to the original message. Um, restaurants for Buffalo Wild Wings Chipotle chimed in on the viral moment. And it got so to the point of where uh, even President Biden shared a message on the social media platform. And uh, I think, too, that they also had put uh, things out in regards to, like, if people really, truly needed, like, help. Um, and he came back later um, with a tweet, Elmo, where he says, wow, Elmo's glad he asked. He learned it's important to ask a friend how they're doing. And he said he'll check in again soon. Elmo loves you. The tweet has been viewed by almost 200 million users and over 140,000 likes. Why am I reminded of the whole tickle me Elmo craze? <laughs> like, I'm I'm glad that <clears throat> they recognized it because that was the first thing I was going to be like, oh, yeah, everybody goes on brand deals. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, if you're feeling down, come have Buffalo Wild Wings. Part of me is like, dude, read the room. If people are okay, that's fine. But you're getting people doing the trauma dumping. <laughs> that's not okay. That's that's not a time to start saying, hey, maybe we should endorse our new brand of hot wings. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, people, you know, and like I said, it's it's amazing when someone just asks a simple question, and how many people just pour their souls out, and we're not even a good. Multiple, we're thirty one days in, thirty two days in. Sorry. Yeah, into the year, and people are already kind of like at their wits' end. I mean, you could see it with how people are treating each other in society. It's almost like people just need to stop. Take a breath, and it will be okay. And it took Elmo, of all people, to get people to kind of like vent and open up. Right. Now, we're not going to talk about what Larry David did to Elmo on the Today Show a few days ago. You'll have to look that up, and you'll see what happened. But Larry David, in promoting his Kirby enthusiasm, the final season, uh, Elmo was on a Today Show as well. <laughs> Larry David went over and kind of slapped Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> and later on in the show he came back and he apologized to Elmo because he was like well somebody had to do it when he came back he apologized to Elmo Elmo forgave him <laughs> of course um, but yeah uh, but that's what kind of happened with that uh, this week I will actually tell you uh, usually at this point I'll tell you the most interesting thing I read before I do uh, I will tell you coming up in a few moments we'll have the almanac um, and then we're going to get into one of our top stories tonight, which was really the big news this week. 
on Capitol Hill with uh, the social media hearing. Um, I have a question from that because I'm kind of I walked away from that feeling. Eh, just to give you a preview. <laughs> I walked away from that feeling. A lot of it was theater and forced, and that it's okay. really not going to accomplish much. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, we'll get to that. That's probably going to be our main topic we'll be talking about tonight. Then another topic uh, we're going to be talking about tonight is with sports in itself because uh, the NFL, the dust has settled. The final two teams are to meet in the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks, uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Before that, though, in a couple of the games, there were questions about um, sportsmanship and one in which it kind of cost the team uh, were taunting. And that has been a major question here in sports, uh, especially in the U.S. over the last few uh, week or so, of whether uh, taunting at professional sports is something that's, um, whether it should be penalized or whether you should let them taunt it or whether it's part of the game. Uh, and then the TSA, um, if you thought last year when I knew we talked about a story about uh, them wanting your weight. Just wait what you see what they have planned for you now. <laughs> um, some people are probably going to be okay with it. Some people are probably not going to be okay with it. Um, right. But we'll kind of get to that story as well. Uh, but the most interesting things that I read this week, there were actually two. Um, coming up soon, we have uh, Valentine's Day. That's something that's pretty much celebrated all over, correct? I believe so. Uh, we talked a little bit about last week about how much uh, one expects um, their significant others to spend on Valentine's Day. But how about spending something for your ex? Uh, this comes from Blackwood, New Jersey. A New Jersey animal shelter is giving scorned partners a way to get back at their exes for Valentine's Day while also helping to control <laughs> the pet population. The Homeward Bound Pet Adoption Center is offering a, quote, to neuter your ex by naming a feral cat after them and then having the cat spayed or neutered. The promotion's tagline is, because some things shouldn't breed. The Blackwood Shelter is asking for a $50 donation for the service. According to Eric Schwartz, the shelter's director of development, he said it's been really interesting to see what people have been sending in. So far, five cats have been named after some lucky or not-so-lucky exes, and about 40 to 50 additional requests have come in. Uh, Schwartz says that no exes have had complaints yet. He expects the shelter will see some soon. The promotion is part of the shelter's uh, Trap Neuter Return Program, and the donations it receives will go towards keeping the program running. Uh, he says there's cats all over our community, and if we don't all work together to proactively trap, neuter, return them, they're just going to keep breeding and just making a lot more cats that have no homes. Uh, it's just not the only eccentric Valentine's Day promotion that animal shelters and zoos have tried in recent years. The San Antonio Zoo offered to name a cockroach after your ex and feed it to an animal in exchange for a donation. <laughs> there are, you know, I think I might be calling them. <laughs> <laughs> Genius, though. It's genius. I, I will give them that. Um, 
what better way for a lot of animal lovers to uh, who had a scorn relationship for an ex than to yeah do something like that. Um, I actually had another <laughs> story, but I'm going to save it for later if we have time. Um, but it is February 2nd, and it is a new month. I kind of feel like when we get to a new month, there's a lot that's going on. Uh, internationally, um, on the calendar, really nothing, really. Well, speaking of, World Spay Day is the last Tuesday in February. World Nutella Day is on February 5th. Uh, as far as this month in February, uh, it is National Cancer Prevention Month. The Chinese New Year occurs um, sometime this month. On the 10th. Uh, do you know the date? Yep, February 10th. Okay, thank you. Uh, and <laughs> it is Na- <laughs> National Embroidery Month. It's National Weddings Month, National Heart Month, uh, National Hot Breakfast Month. It's National Cherry Month. Uh, it is also Great American Pies Month, National Self-Check Month, National Can Food Month. Uh, it is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, American Heart Month, National Grapefruit Month. It is National Library Lovers Month. Uh, it is National Snack Food Month. And, of course, above all, it is National Black History Month. Uh, this month, in honor of black history, we will have uh, some retro moments of the week, uh, a retro moment of the week featuring um, someone of note. Um, so listen out for that. And I might have the occasional little nugget or quiz or two within the month. But... Um, on your calendar, if you are planning it, today, with it being the second, um, actually, well, we missed, you missed National Dark Chocolate Day, which was yesterday. Um, <laughs> today, it is actually National Tater Tot Day. Um, Lovely. Yes, it is Bubblegum Day, the first Friday in February. National Red Day is where Red Day is today. Are you wearing red? I do have red on. <laughs> I am going to sidestep that and not ask what is red you're wearing. I have a tie-dye sweatshirt, so there's red in it, but it's not just red is what I... <laughs> recognizes a family favorite that covers a variety of desserts with a common ingredient. Uh, when it comes to defining heavenly hash, the only ingredient that seems for certain is a variety of marshmallows, either marshmallow cream or whip. Other ingredients vary, though, and some recipes create delicious cakes with chocolate and marshmallow, yet others lean more toward a fruit salad with whipped cream and a variety of nuts or chocolate bars added. Nearly every brand of ice cream has its version of heavenly hash with nuts and chocolate included, too. Uh, the common ingredient, like we said, always seems to be a form of marshmallow. So that is like heavenly hash. Uh, today was Groundhog Day. Uh, as we said, the groundhog did not see his shadow. 
National Play Outside Day, which is the first Saturday of every month. For Chaplain's Day is tomorrow. Uh, okay. The first Saturday of February is also Ice Cream for Breakfast Day. Yes. <laughs> so I hope tomorrow or later this morning for some of you who are listening, uh, you have ice cream for breakfast today. <laughs> Banana split waffle is my but suggestion. That is my suggestion. Take it or leave it, but it's so good. Banana split. <laughs> um, actually, by the way, kudos to the cable channel AMC. Um, today, I said it's Groundhog Day. We actually had uh, Groundhog Day in Woodstock, Illinois, which was attended by Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> and the AMC channel all day long is playing Groundhog Day all throughout the day. 24 hours of Groundhog Day. <laughs> so you know, I do like mind. that movie. I don't care how well it's aged. I do like that movie. Do you know I've never seen the entire movie in itself? I've seen bits and pieces. Really? Yeah. Actually, I uh, am DVR DVRing it, so I'm going to watch it later. Uh, but, yeah, um, Bill Murray was there. Uh, I know they did a bunch of other things. Uh, I think some of the cast and crew from that movie was there. Uh, I think I heard most of them had not seen each other in almost 30 years. Um uh, so, which is amazing. Wow. Um, National Women Physicians Day is February 3rd. Uh, shout out to my PCP, who is awesome. Um, February 3rd is also National Carrot Cake Day. Uh, tomorrow, uh, if you are a history buff and if you are a music fan, uh, tomorrow is uh, the day the music diet day. Um, so if you are familiar with that, well... Um, <laughs> well, that was... my Chevy to the bloody purple That's all you get. Uh, and I hope we don't have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's. I think that was enough of me changing it up and, and ruining it that it doesn't have. We don't have to pay for it. So probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, that is the. But that's what the song was about too. Yeah, that that was what the song was about. Uh, if those of you who, uh, the, you you hear so many odd story, um, that happened around that, who was supposed to be on that flight um, and who was there that night. Um, there was a crash that um, killed Buddy Holly, uh, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Um, and Waylon Jennings voluntarily gave up his seat to the Big Bopper, a Big Bopper who had the flu, and complained that the tour bus was too cold and uncomfortable for a man of his size. Uh, they um, were, I think they were supposed to leave from one concert to go to another one. Um, it, the, the winter dance party, which began, the tour began in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
Uh, there was a lot of logistical problems because the venues were like spaced out so oddly, and the tour bus was unheated, broke down twice. Uh, Buddy Holly's drummer was hospitalized for frostbite to his toes, sustained while aboard that bus. And on February 2nd, before their appearance in Clear Lake, Iowa, he chartered a four-seat Beechcraft Bonanza airplane for Jennings, uh, also for Tommy Alsop, his guitarist, and um, for himself and for the pilot. And his idea was to depart following the snow, uh, following their show at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake and fly to their next venue, which would have been in Moorhead, Minnesota, via Fargo, North Dakota. And it would have gave him time to rest, get the clothes laundered, and avoid that bus journey. And also agreed to flip a coin for the seat with Richie Valens. Valens called heads. When he won, he reportedly said, that's the first time I've ever won anything in my life. Um, also later opened up a restaurant bar in Fort Worth called the Heads Up Saloon. Uh, and like I said, Whaling Jennings gave up his seat. Uh, the pilot took off in the bad weather. Uh, even though he was not certified to fly by instruments only. Um, and shortly after 1 a.m. on uh, February 3rd, the aircraft crashed into a cornfield five miles northwest of Mason City. Uh, the three musicians who were ejected from the fuselage um, upon impacts sustained severe head and chest injuries. Buddy Holly at that point was only 22. That's the thing that's like so weird about it is how young a couple of them were. Because when you look at Buddy Holly, you think, oh, this guy was in his 30s or probably his 40s because of how he looked with the glasses. Um, mm-hmm. And it just was uh, a tragedy. And, yeah, so um, – and then um, what happened was that I guess his girlfriend um, – watched the first reports of his death on television. The following day, she suffered a miscarriage. Holly's mother, who heard the news on the radio in Lubbock, Texas, screamed and collapsed. Uh, Because of the miscarriage in the months following the accident, news agencies, it was because of that, news agencies implemented a policy against announcing victims' names until after families were informed. Um, Which they should do for Twitter, or X yes. and Instagram yes. and all the other ones, they really should have that impo- imposed as well. And what's so sad, though, and what's with that, and is that people want to be, quote, the first. In a rush to be the first about something, people aren't thinking that somebody, a family member, or somebody else is going to see that and not get forward. And that's why I was like, nowadays, people should just be used to the whole thing that they may not be called by the authorities first because there's so many, um, well, I'll call them rude, who are out here with their phones who are just recording and they post this stuff online and not thinking because I was like, if that had happened to a loved one that they know, they wouldn't like it. Um, Mm -hmm. But... It was because of that major incident that changed the way that news went out. Um, And um, she had blamed herself years later, um, his girlfriend, about that. 
uh, and she never visited his gravesite. Didn't go to the funeral, never visited the gravesite. Uh, she said that if she had gone along, he would have never got it on that airplane. But, um, yeah, so it was a lot of different things that happened within that. But uh, the day the music died is uh, third. February 4th, it is National Hemp Day, National Homemade Soup Day. It is National Create a Vacuum Day. Uh, it's also, yeah, <laughs> February 4th is also National, National Thank a Mail Carrier Day. Um, even though it's on a Sunday and your mail carrier is off, but do it on the 5th. <laughs> um, yes. And then, of course, February 5th brings us, once again, it's that time of year. It is National Shower with a Friend Day on February 5th. <laughs> I need to start putting that on my calendar just so that I have it ready to go. Just so I can be like, uh, ooh. I know. I was like, I feel like we've done this story now quite a few times. (laughs) We have. I need to just put it on my calendar and be done with it. Because I need to say that at work. (laughs) Like, so I need a friend (laughs) to volunteer. You're going to cause a riot. Um, I am not. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to scream running for the hills. No, thanks. You got it, my friend. You got it. You've got a guy. Stop it. <laughs> that would happen with me, yes. <laughs> People go screaming toward the hill. Um, February 5th is National Weather Person's Day. Um, National Chopsticks Day is on the 6th. Safer Internet Day in the U.S. is scheduled to happen sometime next week. February 6th is also National Frozen Yogurt Day. It is National Lame Duck Day. And then next Wednesday, it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. National Send a Card to a Friend Day. The second Thursday in February, well, you know, before I get to February uh, 8th, do you also know what February 7th is? 2 7 <laughs> It is decided for two seven. It is National Periodic Table Day. Ooh, I used to I used to have the periodic table, at least the first couple of lines actually memorized. It was a I I enjoyed it. I was a science nerd. 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 Uh, <laughs> oh, nerd. <laughs> Um, Thursday, the, what is it, the 8th? I'm losing my calendar here. Thursday the 8th. It is also National Giving Hearts Day. Uh, It is National Iowa Day. National Kite Flying Day. So if somebody tells you to go fly a kite, you tell them, yeah, because today's the day. Um, It is National Boy Scouts Day. And then next Friday, just to give you a heads up, next Friday, my friends, it is National Toothache Day, National Bagel and Locks Day, National Cut the Cord Day, for those of you who are thinking about doing that, and next Friday, February 9th, is National Pizza Day. Woo-hoo, pizza Day! Mm-hmm. Pizza Friday, Pizza Friday. Yep. So, yes, that is... uh. On that day, so that is the almanac. Uh, 
um, for the upcoming week. Ooh, pizza. Um, I had pizza today, actually. So maybe I, I will. I kind of want pizza now. <laughs> I had not had pizza, but I kind of want it now. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do here. Um, so, yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, since we've reached the unofficial halfway point of the show, and I know it's going to be a minute while we talk about our upcoming topic. Um, <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to take a pause here, and we are going to do Retro Moment of the Week tonight. When we return, we'll talk about what happened on Capitol Hill this week in regards to um, – the social media uh, executives and CEOs and the aftermath of that. And then we'll talk about the other stories. Uh, we'll take a look at what's trending. Um, of course, uh, breaking this evening, um, the death of a Hollywood legend. Uh, we'll talk about that and what's trending. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it tonight. Yeah, I wish I, I was trying to save an after dark or anything else for like the following week because I think we've done it so often. I don't want to like wear people out on that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of those like uh, back two moments where we're actually going to do just topics tonight. Um, but yes, so Retro Moment of the Week is next. Thank you for joining us on this Friday night. You're listening to Page One with LaVar and Mary here on Blog Talk Radio and wherever you catch your podcasts. What if one used it as a seasoning in cooking? A1 has 13 seasonings in it. Honey, honey! A1 adds enormous flavor. Shake some in the stew, Igor. Snoo, snoo! Shake some on the meatballs, Beverly. You can use it to season salads, fish, and fowl. A1 is for sauce that's a seasoning. 13 seasonings. Experiment with it.
Welcome back to page one with Laura Mary for this Friday night, February 2nd. Welcome to the month of February. Uh, retro bullets of the week tonight. Uh, the first one was for A1 Stink Sauce, featuring the voice of the um, legendary actor. Um, you know what? And now I misplaced my notes. No, you know, here's the thing. As I was saying it, I lost my screen. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyway, um, that one, the A1 was Boris Carlisle. And the um, reason why is um, with Boris Carlisle, uh, Boris Karloff, was, we actually um, lost him on this date back in 1969, um, 2nd of February um, at that point. So, yes, that was why the A1 Steak Sauce commercial. He, he did quite a few commercials. Well, of course, uh, back then, you know, um, it was – you know, besides the monster movies that he was so well known for, <laughs> they used him for those different roles and if they needed a person like that later on in those commercials. So, yeah. But uh, And then, of course, the Dr. Pepper commercial uh, with Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. Which was based off of another Jackson song. Um, Blame which, it on the boogie. It, yep. Yes. So if you caught it, good for you. <laughs> um, so this was been a, well. This has been an interesting week. Um, I, you know, there has long been a little bit of a um, contentious dealing between politicians in this country and social media. As a matter of fact, it will probably be on the platforms of things that a lot of people who go to the polls this fall will probably be looking at because uh, some things are being targeted as far as social media goes. And um, of course people will utilize what about the kids um, in protecting the kids on social media. And we kind of touched on that last week uh, where we were talking about, um, you know, with, children, social media, and the steps that are being taken, I didn't even know just a few days later that those heads of, you know, those departments or those companies will be on Capitol Hill. And senators pretty much battered the CEOs for five of the five major tech companies with accusations that they did not stem a rising tide of child sexual abuse on their platforms on Wednesday, likening the companies to Big Tobacco and the embattled plane manufacturer Boeing Lawmakers invoked the stories of online child abuse victims, many of whom sat directly behind the tech leaders, to issue a rebuke to Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg and other executives. Senator Lindsey Graham told them, quote, that you have blood on your hands. Zuckerberg responded to the onslaught of grief by rising from his chair in an extraordinary moment to apologize after pressure from Senator Josh Hawley uh, to admit Meta's wrongdoing. Uh, he said at that point to the families gathered in the hearing, that I'm sorry for everything you have all been through. No one should have to go through the things that your families have suffered, and this is why we invested so much. The tense exchange punctuated an unusually poignant session that spanned nearly four hours as Zuckerberg, TikTok's uh, Zhu Zichu, exes Linda Yaccarino, 
uh, snaps Evan Spiegel and discords Jason Citron sought to reassure a skeptical Senate in their commitment to combating child exploitation online. Uh, Congress has held dozens of hearings with tech executives in recent years, but the emotional recession highlighted lawmakers' increasing desperation and willingness to yield the power of spectacle to galvanize efforts to pass new protections for children. Uh, children's online safety legislation has stagnated for years, and lawmakers flashed growing frustration Wednesday over Congress's glacial pace and inability to take action on the issue. Uh, Senator Amy uh, Klobuchar said that she was tired of it. There's been so much talk at these hearings and popcorn throwing and the like, and I just want to get this stuff done. Uh, child sex images and videos are more widely available than ever, according to data from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is a nonprofit that tracks such material from the U.S. government. The organization said that reports the content on the online platforms grew from 32 million in 2022 to a record high of more than 36 million in 2023. Uh, it's found a persistent foothold on major tech platforms like Facebook, despite years of efforts to eliminate it. Uh, senators convened a hearing focused on child sexual abuse material, or CSAM, amid a groundswell of support for stronger protections to prevent children from becoming exposed to that harmful content online or addicted uh, to major platforms. The session did little to shed light on how the proposals under discussion could get signaled or signed into law in the near term, Senate so Judiciary Committee leaders said that they hoped that the hearing would help build momentum for a package of bills aimed at curbing child abuse material online, including by allowing victims to sue companies for facilitation and by making it more difficult for platforms to dismiss such lawsuits. The latter seeks to narrow industry protections afforded under Section 230, the besieged legal shield that immune, uh, immunizes the digital services from lawsuits for hosting and moderating user content, which senators reportedly attacked on Wednesday. Uh, the panel advanced the bills with broad bipartisan support in May, but the measures have since stalled with no clear timetable for them to be taken up by the full chamber. Um, it was, um, and of course, after the hearing, Senator Graham said uh, that lawmakers um, have their own failure to act as, uh, do they bear some of the blame? Of course, they wouldn't do that during a hearing. Um but it just um, – it was unheard of. Well, for a hearing, for a way what happened, uh, I know minutes before those CEOs appeared to testify, the families in the audience made their presence felt. Uh, a lot of them held up pictures of family members and friends who have died, some by suicide, others after facing bullying or exposure to drugs online. Um they had them take them down up until the point when Mark Zuckerberg got up to apologize. Um, the session marked the first time several of the executives testified on Capitol Hill, uh, including uh, the CEO of X. Uh, but the lawmakers really focused on Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who has appeared before Congress more than any other Silicon Valley chief over the past half decade. Um <sighs> If you watch the video, and especially Senator Josh Hawley, uh, <laughs> it kind of seemed to be more like, hey, we know we've got people watching. Um, so to make up for our inability to get things done from a politician standpoint, we're going to look like the big 
and not bully, but we're going to look like the big people who are actually looking like we're trying to do something. <laughs> and it was, it, it, if you watch the video, uh, which is online, um, it, it was like they just kept pounding on <laughs> the tech CEOs, which they should, and hold them accountable. But to me, it kind of looked more like for show. And like nothing really is going to come of it, but they did it for the cameras. Because out of all the other things that they've done and all the other committee hearings that they've had, this one seemed more fiery and more, um, you know, like the parent who, you know, is who's not the person that does a lot of the dishing out of punishment, but they're there to kind of like, have a mean bark but no bite um it was unprecedented in seeing mark zuckerberg get up and apologize but it kind of was like that's something that you wish would have been more natural coming i'm not sure if it would have happened if they hadn't kind of forced it out of him um Mm. in the way that senator holly went about it which was cringing in a way because it was like well aren't you going to say something to these parents It it was almost like even then, I know they've talked with some of the parents afterwards. They said that they kind of, you know, didn't really. It didn't feel genuine. Was yeah, and I was like, it was more or less like it was for a forced apology. And I know he said it to protect himself and not look like the bad guy. But I don't think that the spectacle, being as it was, because I'd much rather you only have one camera there. And it wasn't like all these people because a lot of just stuff comes off as unnatural and it just seems like nothing's going to get done. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see the video, but I was going to say, and I, and I get it before I uh, let you uh, give your comment here, but I get it. What has happened, first of all, let's get this out of the way. It's a horrible thing to have that happen, to have your child be bullied online. But at the same time, I can't help but feel that we're labeling 99.99% of the blame on a tech CEO who just has that platform there for people. They don't know what type of people are going to be on that platform. They don't know if that person is going to, quote, once we got rid of them, they're going to come back again through some other way. They can't control or police it 24-7 when things happen. That has to come from a wide variety of people, including parents or including, you know, authorities who nip it in the bud when it happens. But I didn't hear any of that in that congressional hearing. It was more or less like my kid was online. This happened. You're to blame. And I think we talked about this last week with giving a child under a specific age um, access to this stuff, where if that happens, now, as a parent, you kind of have to shield and take some responsibility yourself as well. I, I don't know. And, and I was like, as we get deeper into, like, social media and having sites like this and doing stuff like this, 
it's like we're looking for an easy scapegoat, but I don't think are the CEOs. Yes, they they should shoulder some of that blame, but I don't think they should shoulder all of that blame because they're not the ones who bullied. You know, are they the ones that could stop it? They could, to an extent. And I, I just I walked away with that like I felt like everyone was trying to blame the executives, but if I have a business and if I open up a store and I'm selling junk food, you're telling me that that 400-pound person with heart issues, diabetes issues who comes into my store, I am to blame for them coming in and getting addicted more so to junk food. It it was kind of like that's what it was. And it's like, I don't know who's coming to my store if I'm not there watching who's there. Am I going to kick out every person that looks like they have a medical issue? No. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. Somebody explain this to me because at the end of the day, I just want to know where, as you know, a society, we're kind of labeling the full blame on that when it's really a universal thing in which not only should people kind of take more control over what's going on, because like we said, the bullying online is just a portion of it. A lot of it happens where they go. A lot of it happens in school. A lot of it happens in social settings. It's not just online. Online is just an additional thing that they have to do it with. But you can, you know, I don't know. I'll let you, <laughs> I'll give you the floor on that. It's just, I'm just confused as to how all of this all of a sudden was just one entity's fault and no one else is kind of taking a responsibility toward it. Because when that happens to me, nothing's going to get accomplished. Okay. Uh, way to leave me. <laughs> just giving it, I'm just giving you our time. Um, I agree with you. Um, and I, I watched only part of the um, hearing. And uh, I was moved a little bit. Um, but then also, like, that was, that's the emotional part of my brain that was moved. Um, yeah. I, I saw something via, uh, I'm going to just keep calling it a skit because I don't remember where it was. Um, it was. Short, real, whatever. It was a short form format, whatever. Um, and the gentleman on there, he was talking about something else, but it, it resounded with me for this, which was people have become so focused on independence. So that's not my problem. That's your problem. You have to take care of it. You have to fix it. You have to do whatever. But then they Mm -hmm. also don't recognize that society might be causing part of the problem. So, Mm -hmm. well, it's society's fault. It's government's fault. It's so-and-so's fault. It's the CEO for this, for Facebook's fault. It's TikTok's fault. It's X's fault, but it's not mine. So I'm not going to take my responsibility because it's everybody else's fault 
and the person that it's hurting should fix that problem. It's not me. It's that person should fix that problem. The issue comes up now that parents are going, well, I can't say the child needs to fix the problem. So since it's everybody else's fault, let's fill this in and make everybody else fix the problem. It's not my fault. I'm not saying that it's the parent's fault at all. What I'm saying is there's a level of blame that goes across every part of society. So it's government's fault, it's humanity's fault, it's CEO's fault, it's parents' fault, it's kids' fault, it's it like we all have a part to play in it. Even I have a part to play in it. You know, do I go on to Facebook? Well, I don't have a Facebook. But if I had a Facebook, do I go on to Facebook and look for, you know, exploiting children's pictures or videos? No. But am I reporting them if I run across them? I, I don't know where I would even report them to. And that's my fault for not being up to date on that. That's my fault for not looking out for that. Because even though that's not my child, it's somebody's. And that somebody could have been me. So, right. it, like, it's great that they had a hearing. Like, yay, hearing. But then, like, there needs to be more. There needs to be more than just a, I'm really sorry that you went through that and nobody deserves to go through that. You're right, nobody deserves to go through that. But now what? And that's, right. And I always go back to, that's great. Now what? Where do we go from here? And and I don't know that we're going to come up with a good solution because we all have to start looking at ourselves and taking some of that blame. Not just, hey, that store made me fat. No, that store gave you the opportunity to get fat. You're the one that put that food in your mouth, to use your example. Right. So so there there's that there. And do I want that for anyone? No. Am I taking the blame for that? Not entirely, but I will take my part of the blame on that. And I think that's where we have to, where we have to settle, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, but it's almost in a way in which that whole thing happened where I guess it left a bad taste to me is that, especially with Lindsey Graham's remarks, is that the blood's on your hands. They're not the ones that bullied these young people. Right. The blood is on the heads of the people who are actually doing the bullying. You know, if you walk out of your house and walk down the street every day and someone is standing nearby and they are making fun of you and bullying you, are you going to blame the city for, you know, where they're standing at for bullying you and allowing them a pulpit? No. You know, the thing is, is that it just so happens that it happened on this street. When it happens on this street, you have to figure out who. And in many cases, these people know who the people are that are bullying them. So, you know, that's why I was like, that's why it's so important, you know, universally to get everyone involved when these things happen. And in and, and no way am I blaming, like I said, uh, I'm not blaming the parents. I'm not even really blaming full on the social media site. The thing is, at the end of the day, you keep forgetting. Social media didn't bully your child. It had a platform that somebody misused to do that. 
you know, just like when bullying happens in schools, and if the school is trying what they're trying to do, and in most cases, some do, some don't, are you going to entirely blame the school? A lot do. But if they're trying to do everything they can, but that bully meets them in other places outside the school, it's kind of out of their control. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, too many times we tend to look at social media and want to place the full blame there and say, oh, it's social media's fault. They were the ones that should have stopped it. Okay. Even if social media caught said bully or caught said offender or caught whatever they did, does it really stop the process? You know, like and I said, I don't of, think it does because they're no. learning that that behavior from someone. Right. They're learning it from somewhere, and uh, where are they learning it from? You know, again, I go back to I'm not I'm not blaming anyone, like fully. I right. think we all have our part to play, and I'm even taking some of that because I know that I'm this way. I know that I'm I'm looking at things. Granted, I, I I I work in an area that looks at it a little bit differently than than most places, so I'm a little bit more self-aware of that. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it's still something that we all have to take our part in. And there was a time when everybody did. It was like, you know what? Yeah, there was a time when, and it wasn't that long ago. And oh, here I go with my nostalgia. But when I grew up and I got in trouble. My parents heard about it before I got home, and I was walking home in a very small town. And half the time, I was more afraid of getting caught by my parents, but then also getting caught, period, because those adults were like, hey, no, that's not what happens. You don't do that. Come here. And they took that punishment, granted, not necessarily punishment every time, but they took they were part of the village that raised the child and I was the child and I benefited from that. I really did. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm lucky. I have a village. I have kind of cultivated my own village for my kid, but some people don't have that luxury. Right. We all need to start instead of making people cultivate their own village. We all need to start kind of jumping in, you know, but then we also have to have those parents be able to say, you know, instead of, uh, excuse me, don't, tell me how to raise my child, maybe go back and look at what's actually going on and maybe go, oh, that's why you did it. Okay, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, but let's 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 look at this issue here. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that there's a good solution. I don't think there is one, you know, because so much stuff in real time happens so fast. And because we don't know how someone's going to take it or how someone's going to be affected by it, and it's happening so fast before you can even report it or before you can even do something about it, it's already kind of reached that person. The only thing we can do right now is educate potential users. I mean, because outside of that, the only way that we're going to get stuff done is if you just ban everybody that you think is a risk from not going online to social media. I mean, that's the Which, only way. Which, no offense, is everybody. Right. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, 
you know, that's the only way around it. Or by making them, and like you said, I know what the thing of the whole harmless thing, but I'm almost at a point of where, as a social media site, if that's happening to me, everyone right now that is on that site, you, before you can continue on with your site, you now have to, because I've got to protect myself, you now have to check. I would talk to my attorneys, and I'd be like, nope. Everybody that's currently on a site, whether it's Facebook, Discord, X, whatever have you, is now an immediate stop to what you're doing. And you have to read these sections about bullying and this and that and that and that. You have to have a valid email, not just some bot stuff. And you have to agree that if this happens, that we're kind of like held harmless to this stuff because, you know, you do know that going onto a social site, it can be triggering with certain particular things and certain people, and we can't stop them in real time. And once that is agreed upon, uh, have constant kind of like reminders throughout the site and, you know, have a reporting process in which, you know, um, someone could immediately look into it and I mean, cause they have the money so that somebody can immediately look into it. And I know, you know, that could be thousands of cases a day, but Hey, if there's people that's looking for tech jobs, I'm pretty sure you can hire quite a few to work eight hour shifts or do whatever and look into those cases really quickly and make a decision. Um, and the most serious ones, put that page on hold uh, until we can figure it out. But that's the only way, you know, other than that, you know, if quote young adults are the ones that are having these trigger issues, then unfortunately, then you need, and I, and I hate to say it, but unfortunately, because some can't handle it, boot them all off. If you're not 18 or over and you can't prove it, and now you kind of have to go in and put your uh, information and it'll have to be checked. That's how we're going to have to roll down this road. Um, and for the ones who, you know, the young people who want to do it, you build a particular site just for them under 18 and, you know, some safely way a parent or some adult, um, wants check has to, you know, approve it. That, I mean, it's kind of like, it's stuff right now where I'm saying it, where it's like, we all know it's not going to work because there's ways around it. But if I'm a tech CEO, I'm just like, at this point, anybody that's younger, unless they're a celeb or an influencer, I'm kicking you all off. Because why deal with the stress and the uh, drama of politicians who, in their own way, there are lobbyists who are with these companies that they, um, you know, are bought by. And... So that's why I was like, nothing's really going to get done because we're going to be talking about the same thing next year, you know, in the next year, year after. Next year, next month. Yeah. This is the second week in a row we've mentioned something outside of, like, you know, things like this happening online. I don't want to do it every week, but is, that's where we've become. And now as we have grown in this computer age and every toddler or baby has an iPad in their hand, and has a social media site because you think it's cute, you know, unfortunately, this is where we're at now. Um, 
So I have no idea. I've, I've, I've it, it's just, it's, uh, I just felt though that whole thing was, uh, not being, um, you know, I, I just felt like it, a lot of it felt staged. And at the end of the day, a lot of it felt like, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to apologize to these people who are sitting behind you? And then it was pretty much just like he got up and he said something. Um, but was the whole thing from front to end genuine? Um, you know, I feel for those parents that lost someone due to those issues, but it's going to take a wider collective effort of everyone to ensure that we don't have meetings like that again. Um, and I don't know if that's going to happen. So we'll see. <laughs> but we'll have to leave it for where we have to leave it. Um want to take a quick look before we kind of get to some of the other stories tonight on what is trending. It's Friday night, uh, so we kind of know the the things that are generally trending. Um, and, of course, there was some big wrestling news that kind of happened in the last uh, hour or so, but for those of you who want to take delay, I will not say anything. Um, <laughs> so you'll have to watch it for yourself wherever you're at. Um but you were kind of left with questions, though. Uh, but uh, SmackDown is trending. Roman Reigns is trending. WrestleMania is trending. Uh, also trending tonight is uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, actor Carl Weathers passed away today at the age of 76, uh, known for his role as Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, um, who was also in the... Um, Predator movie with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and was in The Mandalorian um, and of course was in Happy Gilmore <laughs> with Adam Sandler um, yes so you know a lot of things I know um, Sylvester Stallone uh, posted a tribute to his friend uh, he said, today is an incredibly sad day for me. I'm so torn up, I can't even tell you. I'm just trying to hold it in. Um, and I know Adam Sandler posted a tribute. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger posted a tribute. Um, so uh, Carl Weathers, uh, got at the age of 76. So um, that is uh, trending tonight. Uh, also trending tonight, I know the NHL All-Star, I think is this weekend, uh, Connor McDavid is trending, um, and uh, this evening, along some of the top stories, um, and I want to make sure I get some of these correct, I know that the U.S. Uh, retaliation for the uh, drone bombing that killed three uh, U.S. soldiers have started uh, their counterattacks to that, uh, so that is happening as well. Uh, that breaking this evening. Uh, but um, there's a lot of uh, different, uh, well, the U.S. did launch some airstrikes in Iraq and Syria in retaliation for that deadly drone attack. Uh, the White House saying that this is pretty much just one of quite a few that will happen. Um, 
Um, so there will be a lot of watch on that throughout the weekend. Um, and then also trending, uh, yeah, just Friday night programs. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up uh, on Patrol Live, which is a show here. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, which is trending. Um, so a lot of wrestling news. Uh, I'm not, like I said, going to give away what happened. Uh, speaking of sports, uh, the NFL, the Super Bowl, is pretty much the biggest uh, game of the year as far as American professional football is concerned. Happens on Sunday, next Sunday, the 11th. Um, every year you always get someone that comes out and says the Super Bowl should be held on a Saturday so that people can recover on Sunday, so that way productivity doesn't go down on Monday. <laughs> um, or have Monday as a holiday, yeah. Yes, or I have Monday as ways. a holiday. Pretty much. I don't know. Where do you stand on that? Um, I stand on the it's a sports game. And uh, if you are one of those people that overdo that does overdoes it, then that's on you. Um, I've always been that way, and that's not just because I'm over here on the West Coast, so I get it at like 9 p.m. and I, you know, could go back at a, at a decent amount of time. Um, I said that when I was living in Illinois. Um, it, it's not mandatory to watch. Now, should you? I think so. I love football, and I absolutely used to, half sense, used to love the commercials. I mean, my commercials are getting a little weird, um, but uh, no, I am uh, I am one of the weird people that is like, yeah, suck it up, <laughs> suck it up, Buttercup. You're the one that watched it. You're the one that ate too much or drank too much. That's on you. Because if Actually, we make it, if we make an, uh, an exception for football, then we should be making an exception for World Series, uh, NASCAR, and uh, I don't know the basketball. Uh, actually, as we mentioned that, I looked up and Carl Weathers is in one of the commercials here for uh, Gronk's kick for the Super Bowl. And he's actually going to be in an upcoming one for Paramount Plus um, on the Super Bowl, which they actually released it today. It's actually a pretty good commercial. It's actually pretty funny. It's also got like a bunch of uh, stars from that channel along with uh, uh, his name escapes me but uh, was on the newer Star Trek card uh, Stuart Chris uh, yeah, sorry, about Chris he, yeah that and a very popular Nickelodeon character are pretty much uh, what it will encounter but yeah you'll have to watch it um, I don't know how that commercial leaked or why they played it earlier in the Super Bowl, but it was good. Um, so, speaking of sports, here uh, we talked about the NFL playoffs, but the Baltimore Ravens, who lost their game to the Kansas City Chiefs 17-10, to uh, their Ravens rookie receiver, Zay Flowers, who went through a roller coaster of emotions during that game, he was called for taunting after a 54-yard catch to move Baltimore into the red zone in the fourth quarter. After Ravens regained the yards that he was penalized for, he fumbled as he stretched out at the goal line uh, after making a catch. The Chiefs recovered the fumble in the end zone for a uh, game-changing touchdown. Flowers then injured his hand, punching a bench in frustration on the sideline. Side uh, that 
course, that touchdown would have made it a three-point game. Instead, the Chiefs were, ran out the four minutes off the clock, winning. But um, but there's been talk, especially on sports radio in this country, about uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. And if it should be a penalty for something like more infamous, like if you did something to someone physically, like either spitting in their face or uh, throwing the ball at somebody, but unnecessary roughness, you know, uh, should be a penalty for fighting. But for taunting, should that be a penalty? Should Flowers been penalized, uh, which pretty much, um, you know, taunting pretty much is trash talking. They say that's what taunting is. They're pros. There's like this isn't little league. Um, this isn't uh, soccer, uh, <laughs> and it isn't sportsmanship. And they said you have to teach your kids and athletes are, you know, that you shouldn't teach them that the athletes are role models. But should there be some sort of restriction on taunting, especially if it becomes physical? But if trash talk is okay, but it is a gray area. Um, there was a spike in taunting penalties with 55 in 2021. Before that, it had dropped down to 21 last year and just 17 this season, according to NFLPenalties.com. Uh, some say they feel like the referees, for the most part, let some of that stuff go, and they arbitrarily decide when it goes beyond the pale of what they need to censor, uh, the behavior of an NFL player, how they look at a guy or stare down a guy or stand over a guy or spin the ball or do what they do. Uh, but when it comes to taunting in sports, should it be something that's penalized, or should they just let it go to an extent with maybe a warning? I, I, can I just say yes? Is that all right? Can I do that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's there's a level of taunting, and then there's a level of now you're just being a douche. And if you're being a douche canoe, then you need to be penalized. The problem is that level of douche canoe-ishness seems to get, like, mm, to be accepted in in the NFL more than, say, not the douche canoe-ishness. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how else to put it. It's, there's a level that you have to get to. There's trash talking. There's like, yeah, whatever, cool, you know, like, I'm better than you. That's fine. But if you're standing over a person pointing and be like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Stay down, you little, and then expletive. Okay. Really? Do you need to do that? Like, does that make you feel better, little man? Because it's not needed. Um, and, <laughs> and that's where I'm stuck because there's – Fragile egos seem to play very um, physical sports. <laughs> <laughs> but I like some of the trash talking. I do. It's oh, it's part of the game. It's uh, some of it I like. Some of it's stupid. Some of it's very stupid. But some of it I like. Some of it's like wow. I'm 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 even. I'm guilty of it as well. So, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> <I know that. laughs> 
on the fence about taunting? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Mostly because, um, yeah, I like it. Here's my thing. I know taunting can lead to down the line players getting chippy in physical fights. I say at that point you take care of it. Like it's kind of like now what they allow defenses to do. You know, like when they intercept the ball and then they all go running down toward the end zone, the camera in the end zone. You know, as mm-hmm. long as it's something that's not too long, you kind of have to arbitrarily be all right with it because I mean it is what it is. Trash talking has existed. And ever since the way in sports, for as long as there has been recorded sport, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, infamous trash talk. NBA was horrible when it came to trash talk. Oh, yeah, talking. He, would, he was trash talking all the time. Larry Bird, trash talker. Every one of these guys was trash talkers. They weren't penalized for it. If they were ever penalized for it, no one would ever have a complete NBA game. Hockey, I'm sure there's a little bit of chippy things that are said up and down the ice. A little bit? Uh, That's why they get into fights. <laughs> right. It leads to a fight a at that bit. point. That's when they get penalized. You know? Um, so, baseball, uh, the taunting portion is when the bat flip happens. You know? They're mm. not penalized for it. Um, there's some bat flips. There's some, you know, they probably will get plunked on the next pitch. And then at that point, you take care of it when it gets to that uh, point. You know, there's a lot of different ways of taunting, um, but it's not penalized. The only place that does that more than often is the NFL. But I was like, in recent years, if you're going to allow defenses who intercept the ball to go downfield and take up two minutes to do, you know, um, pantomime of people in a boat uh, rowing it or somebody acting out, you know, a scene, then you can't do that and not allow somebody to pretty much kind of like stand there and jaw jack at somebody after they get a catch on them. I mean, it is what it is. If you don't want to get taunted, then be the best defender you can be and not allow it. (laughs) Um, Right. You know, if someone gets up and then pushes said person in the face, yeah. Oh, no, that's stupid. That's a flag. Yeah, absolutely. Throw the flag. But football's got a football, and I, I don't think that calling it for one thing and not for another, it's uneven. So I would say allow it. Um, you know, they're just going to have to be um, grown-up boys and boys and beyond. I was going to say boys and girls, grown-up men, and it is what it is, man. If you got burned on a play, you got burned on a play. You know, we all saw it. So <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> we can replay it. It'll be on right. ESPN later. Right. So I mean, it is what it is. So it will go at that point. Um, actually, I just saw, speaking of sports, I just saw. Um, I'm looking up live at uh, the monitors I have on, and uh, there's a basketball game with the University of Iowa on tomorrow uh, on Fox. And that, speaking of that, um, that was the other big thing about storming the court in basketball uh, because there was an incident that nearly happened a few weeks ago. Uh, I think it was the University of Iowa and Ohio State 
uh, where Ohio State won that game against Iowa. Play, uh, fans rushed to court. Caitlin Clark, who is a star basketball player, uh, one of the top players, I'm not even going to say women's players, but players in the game, uh, collided with a fan. And a lot of people were like, well, what if she had gotten injured? And that's why fans shouldn't be storming the court. Storming the court, um, once again, something that has happened in sports <laughs> for as long as televised sports has happened. I mean, you see all those old things of where people used to rush the fields after a World Series or, um, you know, if a basketball team beat a team in a regular season and they were ranked higher. Um, I was going to say, where do you stand on that one? Do you think that fans should be storming the court or that should be a no-no? I think that's a no-no. That There's too many... Let's back up. I'm going to have a hot take on this one. I don't think they should because I've never liked it. I've never liked it when people storm the court for World Series, for basketball games, for rugby games, soccer matches, the whole thing. I mean, I want to celebrate with the next guy. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't feel like I, I want to go and celebrate with them. That's something that I really would like to do. Problem. I know that I'm all right. I'm not going to go out there with a knife in my pocket. I'm not going to go out there with ill intent in my in my head. And and I'm and that's the worst case scenario. I'm not even thinking about just accidental. I'm a klutz and a half. This is why I don't play sports. I cannot walk a straight line. I couldn't. I can't walk a straight line and say a sentence without bumping into a wall, okay? So, like, forget, for, let's, let's not forget, let's try bounce a ball or swing at, swing at something that's going at 90 miles an hour. I'm, I'm not that coordinated. And because I'm not that coordinated, with my luck, I will, like, be jumping around and having a good time and pumping my air, in the, you know, my hands, in the, my fists in the air and accidentally punch somebody in the face. <laughs> accidentally come down and elbow somebody on the head you know as I'm jumping around I don't think it should happen I don't think storming the court is I get the celebration I don't get storming the court I don't get storming the field I I don't okay. that's my hot take alright and you can send your Rebuttals. Hate mail. (laughs) (laughs) Your hate mail can go to one, keep your opinion to yourself, Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm not giving you my zip code. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's 100% a hot take, and I know it. And it's okay. I, I, I know that a lot of people want to do it, but I've never liked it. I don't, there's, I've had some weird opinions about a lot of things <laughs> when it comes to sports, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm so used to it being a part of sports. Um, yeah, could somebody get hurt? Uh, basically, knock on wood, no one's ever been hurt 
from those experiences. It's a scary one. I don't know what that would be like if I was an athlete and all of a sudden people are rushing to court and I'm trying to just see my way out of there. Um, Mm -hmm. Safety comes into mind. And, yeah, um, I guess for the sake of especially now because when people do things, they're not looking out for the next person. They're just out there running around, woo, and then they're going to run to somebody or step on somebody, and that could create uh, someone being trampled. So, yeah, you definitely want to be careful about that. Um, So I guess that is why we will say be careful. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) Um, So uh, for those that fly, the um, Transportation Security Administration, TSA, (laughs) uh, sparked some privacy concerns after unveiling plans to roll out controversial facial recognition tech in over 400 U.S. airports soon. Uh, According to a spokesperson, they told the New York Post that TSA is in the early stages of deploying its facial recognition capability to airport security checkpoints. They explained that the cutting-edge tech services to both enhance and expedite the screening process for passengers. Dubbed CAT-2 machines, these automated identification systems accomplish this by incorporating facial recognition tech to snap real-time pictures of travelers. They then compare the biometric data against the flyer's photo ID to verify that it's a real person. Best of all, uh, those CAT, those CAT scans, enable traveler use of mobile driver's licenses, thereby improving the security experiences uh, per the spokesperson. The TSA currently has 600 CAT-2 units deployed at about 50 airports nationwide and plans to expand them to 400 federalized airports in the future. However, it could be a while before the mass rollout comes to fruition they say it may take until 2030 or 2040, uh, and that they are able to fully be fully operational with technology. Um, the divisive program has perhaps unsurprisingly spawned a firestorm of criticism following the implementation of those uh, synthetic security accelerators at U.S. airports last winter. Lawmakers expressed concerns about uh, that the machines present a major privacy issue. Uh, Oregon Senator Jeff Berkeley said that the TSA program is a precursor to a full-blown national surveillance state. Nothing could be more damaging to our national values of privacy and freedom. No government should be trusted with this power. Uh, He's part of a coalition of senators, which includes Senator John uh, Kennedy of Louisiana, Edward Markey, a Democrat of Massachusetts, Roger Marshall, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren, who collaborated on the Traveler uh, Privacy Protection Act. Uh, that new legislation would empower travelers in the U.S. with control over their privacy by banning the use of facial recognition technology and the collection of facial biometric data by the Transportation Security Administration. However, the TSA assures the public that automated ID checks aren't mandatory and that the data won't be used for purposes other than screening passengers. Uh, the technology is completely voluntary, as spokesman told Post. Pastors may opt out without losing their place in line or any delay in getting through security screening. According to the TSA site, travelers who decide not to be scanned will undergo a manual ID check by the TSA agent at the podium. As for the privacy violation implications, they declared that the tech, quote, is solely used to automate the current manual ID checking process and, quote, will not be used for surveillance or any law enforcement purpose. Um, Until it needs to. (laughs) <laughs> until it needs to. <laughs> right. Sorry, I, I have mean, opinions, but my opinions are different. So go ahead. 
No, I you're was fly, you're a frequent flyer too, so you, I'd like to hear what you think. We're already well within stuff that quote fringes on <laughs> what we do. That you know, with the things on one's plane ticket and the little barcodes and all the information that's in there and everything else, they already know where you're going, how long you're going, where you're traveling in between. All this is is just one more thing. And at this point, it's so much intrusion that it is good things and bad things to everything. Um, Will they possibly hiddenly use it for... Uh, security purposes as far as like people who shouldn't be traveling perhaps but at that point who am I to say that that's a bad thing I'm kind of at a point now as to where we've already given up so many rights to particular stuff and that there's certain things that are probably already going on that we already don't even know about that's already been happening that happen anyway because people do it on the sly and just don't let the general populace know. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, I think I saw something in New York one time where at a rap concert, police officers were pretty much outside of the venue um, with certain devices where they were like taking photos of people and people were ticked and there was nothing that they could really do besides be bad about it. But I know what they were doing. They pretty much were trying to look for particular people who probably shouldn't have been there or they were worried about being there. So I, if it's one more wrinkle and it's pretty much going to make like, – I don't know how fast it's going to take it. So are you telling me that by having this facial recognition, I don't have to stop at that other checkpoint anymore with my ID and go through that process? Now, if that's what you're saying – then okay. But if I'm opting out of it, I don't want you to treat me like a common criminal because I opted out of it and because I'm giving you a harder time. And that's my fear about that, is that the people who are like, heck no, I don't want to do it, they're going to like deliberately slow you down and be like, well, we got to do this now, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. Like I said, I got to fly and I got to get there. And at this point, you kind of feel like you're, you don't really have a say so. I find it interesting, though, that the United States government and its elected officials are at odds over an entity that they could probably control with the TSA. <laughs> and that, probably. It's their, it's their entity. And that they're rolling out this program, and they're at odds with it. This is the thing that disturbs me more, because I'm like, well, if they're at odds with it, why is this being rolled out? Because who didn't talk to who in regards to, like, they didn't go to say, hey, we have this idea. This is what we want to do. It was almost like they were caught off guard, and they were like, hey, wait, you can't do that. And they're acting like they're powerless against it, like, we can't stop it, so we're going to come out with this law to protect you, so that way you can go ahead and, you know, you could say no if you want to, because we fear this is what it's going to do. Now, if they're saying that they fear that that's what that's going to do, 
then it seems a little suspicious that they're worried about it. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. That's where I was at. My opinions on this one are similar. I'm not going to say the same. Similar to what you were just saying. If I, a government official <laughs> that is the over, I'm sorry, the TSA is a federal government agency. Now, granted, they do have some autonomy from like the senators and that, and they don't have to have Senator Big Brother's opinion for everything. However, if Senator Big Brother doesn't like it, that gives me no confidence that no. what you're saying, <laughs> that ruins the confidence that what you're saying is what is actually going to happen. My other opinion on this one, well, it's not even an opinion. The passport, like customs in other countries are already using it or something similar with um, instead of going to a customs agent, you go to a kiosk, you put your passport in, the, it scans your face, and then you make your declaration and you move on. And I've gone through it a few times. Do I care? No. Like when it really comes down to it, you want to scan my face, scan my face. I'm not, you know, there's nothing I'm hiding at this point. And really, if you're after me, you can have whatever you want. Like uh, there's not, there's not much there to worry about for me, but I get why people get a little bit antsy, especially if let's say you are a celebrity, uh, you're a, you know, you have um, a following, you have, you know, you're, you're somebody that's trying to travel incognito. You're a politician that's trying to get to, from point A to point B, and you don't want the entire world to know that, hey, you just went to, you know, Antigua. I can see where those privacy issues will come up. Um, I just, I think the part that, that makes me pause is the fact that the TSA is like, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. We're, it's going to take until 2030, and senators are going, whoa, 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 whoa. 2030 is six years from now. And granted, years seem to go by fast, but they're already jumping the gun. These senators don't have six years, and they're already like, nope, we don't like it. That does not instill confidence that they've done everything that they need to do, the TSA, to instill confidence in the most skeptical people. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, I think it's going to be it's... a good thing? Depends on if they're going to do it like the customs in other countries where, you know, you could scan stuff and you walk through and you're done. That would be great. That would be amazing because that would make everything go so fast. But I don't know that that's what's going to happen. Right. Like I said, it's, 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 it's just like it's so many people out here who, you know, have issues with it. You're just like, okay. Uh, but it's like you feel it feels useless at this point to argue about it because whether it happens now or it happens later, it, you know, in order for security to get better, they're going to have to start implementing stuff like this. This is stuff that we see in movies that was eventually going to happen anyway. So now it's like, okay, it's here. Do you become that person that fights against it? Or, or are you just going to be like, you know, whatever, you know, 
I hate to use the analogy, but it's almost kind of like with grocery stores when they were doing uh, self-checkout. If you made 90% of self-checkout and you only kept about maybe four regular checkouts, but there's nobody on them, it forces you to self-checkout. So at this point, you're like, well, I guess we're going to self-checkout. So, like, your argument is now kind of like null and void, so you're going to have to do it anyway. Um, right. I don't know. We'll we'll see where that goes. But um, Enemy of the State, man. Sorry, yeah. the, you said movie, and I was like, oh yeah, there's that movie, Enemy of the State, where basically everybody <laughs> freaked out. Mhm. Actually, there's a story about that. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. How customers are soured, uh, according to a Drexel University study on self checkout. <laughs> we'll mention that uh, next week if we can. But um, I know somebody that doesn't like self checkout. There's quite a few. Uh, uh, just to ask you, though, is their age bracket, are they older or are they younger? For self-checkout, well, uh, yeah. It's younger. I, I feel like the younger generation just grew up with it, kind of like the iPad generation. They just kind of well, are, are you, yeah, that's the same. the person that didn't like it. So the person that didn't like it, are they older? Sweetie, it's you. <laughs> oh, me? Oh. Well. You don't like self-checkout. Don't sit there and pretend. No, here's the thing. I don't mind self-checkout. The only thing I hate about self-checkout is when something doesn't scan or I have to now wait for someone to, like, come and do something because Mm -hmm. it slows the process. I don't mind it because back in the day there used to be food stores, grocery stores uh, in the Midwest. uh, It was called Cub Foods where – they scanned what you bagged. <laughs> right. All I don't mind was, that at all. Huh? I don't mind that at all. But that was just half of the battle. So now it's like they're going to make you do the full thing. The only time I don't like doing it, like I said, is when I get a product that I know could be a hard scan or, you know, I now got to scan like I, I used to be skittish about doing like fruits and vegetables because um it's a different beast itself, but you're scanning something, you're bagging it, and you keep on rolling. Uh, I've I've known now to be, I, I pace myself and take my time. But yeah, I just I did uh, the other day. I bought my mom uh, um, a um, thing of mace, and so when I scanned it, it automatically was like, "Hey, uh, this is mace. You gotta be 18 years or older." Got to wait for the uh, person to come through and put the idea uh, to confirm you're over 18. And so now that stops the process. Now you got to wait for somebody to come along and, you know, scan that out and put their little stuff in. And yeah. Or if you double scan something and now you need somebody to come and cancel that out, you know, it's just, it's those things that kind of get me. Uh, But no, the self checkout portion, it doesn't bother me because I don't get a full basket of groceries to self-checkout. I think it used to bother me when the self-checkout used to be like just the conveyor belt and you would have people come in there with like uh, two full carts and they're on their phone. Uh, People have gotten better in regards to doing it. But yeah, when it was the conveyor belt self-checkout, oh, people were horrible. I had a lady in front of me one time. She had two full carts uh, was on her phone, not paying attention, and pretty much slow rolling it, and the line backed up badly. 
um, to where the store was forced to open up uh, checkout lines with workers. So, oh, yeah. you mean the people that they pay to do that? Yes. Yeah. Make them work. <laughs> how um, dare you? Yes, how dare you make them work? <laughs> but, uh, yes. Um, but that is pretty much all I had tonight because I want to save some stuff for the next show. Um, with that, the clock on the wall is telling us we are just about out of time. Um, wow. I know, I know for a fact you have a shout out this week. You better have a shout out this week. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I know about one particular person's birthday coming up. One of my you favorite people in the entire world is having a birthday on the 6th and like famous <laughs> in her own right. And she's like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I have a shout out. That, that's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. you I, I, I'm looking right at you because I was like, well, if she doesn't say it, you, you're the one that's gonna have to be I'm in trouble. I'm dead. But... If I, yeah, I, I, she would, <laughs> she would do the facial recognition and she'd be mean looking. Ooh, there, I would not be on next week's show, and that would be because I died. <laughs> no, she's so not I, like that. But I will now, I will now formally ask you. Uh, what are your shout outs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she wouldn't kill me. I've just known her, her entire life. Um, so, like I said, my favorite person in the entire world, outside of the people that live in my house, her birthday is coming up on the 6th. Um, I can say Ronald Reagan as well, because his birthday is the 6th as well, but um, he's no longer on this plane. <laughs> but... Um, so happy birthday to my sister. She is amazing. Like I said, celebrity in her own right. I'm just a lot of fun. And then, you know, mother to my favorite niece and nephew. So there's a lot going on there. But she's she's a big one. Uh, next week, I've got oh a lot next week. So I'll cover those on Friday next week, um, including someone on this podcast right now trying to think if there's anybody else I think that's about Uh, it Uh, my shout outs Uh, there's actually two birthdays coming up within the next week before we get to next week Uh, well three actually Um, shout out to someone that has been a frequent guest on this well not on this show but on this platform Um, Spontaneous Ecstasy she has a birthday coming up on Monday of next week. Uh, and then on Tuesday, shout out to Mary's sister who has a birthday. And then next Wednesday, I'm going to go day by day by day. Uh, next Wednesday, uh, my podcast brother, DJ FX has a birthday. So, Happy birthday, Yeah. So uh, a lot of birthdays happening within the next week. And, um, yeah, it's like there's a birthday every day next week that pretty much all the all the cool folks who were born in February and our fellow Aquarians uh, <laughs> are all next week. Um, so happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to you out there if you have a birthday coming up. Um, but yeah, with, with that, 
Uh, we will be so with you. One more. You forgot one more shout out that we often forget to say, but thank you to the people that are listening on Spotify and all the other channels from other countries. Oh, yeah. I was um, going to thank them. <laughs> but spe- uh, yeah, uh, Eileen notified me today that she was going to be listening in soon. So, so hi, hi Eileen. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying up. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm always grateful for. Thank you for staying up because it is a different, a way different time. Middle of the night, close to early in the morning, uh, Saturday, for a lot of our friends who are listening um, across the pond. And I appreciate that. I love that. And I'm thankful for that. But no, I, always, mm-hmm. I thank them every week because... Uh, without them, there's no us. So thank you for listening and putting up with us and listening to us on this Friday night, complain about stuff and <laughs> talk about Com- stuff. Yes, and complain about stuff. Yeah, hopefully you all are a little bit more informed because you heard a few things and it might have been something that you didn't know. Um, some things you did know, but parts to it that you didn't know. So that's the goal of the show. Um but yes, so shout out to all of you. Uh, and of course, this show can be heard not only on this platform, but you can also hear it on Spotify or iHeartRadio or on Apple. And uh, yeah, we'll be with you next Friday night. Uh, same time, 10, 10 o'clock in the East, 9 o'clock uh, Central, and um, 7 o'clock on the West. Uh, Hawaii, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> It's still earlier today for you, but uh, yeah, but we'll be around. So uh, until next we meet, for Mary, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye! Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 